The views and opinions expressed by the guests of the Diplosport podcast do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of any agency of the United States government or any organization, public or private. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the latest edition of the Diplosport podcast. In today's episode, I had an opportunity to sit down with Congressman Jim Jordan out of Ohio's 4th Congressional District out there just north of Dayton. Congressman Jordan is a two-time national champion in collegiate wrestling, and he has some pretty strong views on the future of the NCAA, the importance of the Olympics to the United States, and the importance of Olympic sports to the United States, and why they're worth the attention of the U.S. government. Really good conversation. Turn things over to me and the congressman. All right. The first thing I, I want to get into is just how did you get into wrestling? Um, the short answer is I wasn't big enough or anything else. You know, I wanted to play like like a lot of kids. I always I always tell the story when you're in grade school. You, you know, you think you're going to be middle linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, um, but over time, you quickly learn that. You know, I'm five seven and a half on a good day and 160 pounds, so probably NFL career probably wasn't in the cards. Uh, and it, it just sort of was a thing to do at our school. Um, my uncles were the first guys at our high school on the very first team. My uncle Bob was the first guy to make it to the state tournament. And we this a, is St. Paris Grand. Yeah, St. Paris Grand. We had a bunch of um, uh, cousins who we used to, growing up, my dad would take us to watch them wrestle, my dad's cousins. And just kind of knew it was going to be the thing. And so there was a tournament and we decided to enter and did, did well the very first tournament. And my dad started a little wrestling club, him and my uncle Bob. And next thing you know, it's like we're wrestling and it's what we're going to do and focus on. And, uh, our family's been doing it for a long, long time. Who's older? You or Jeff? I'm a year older. You're yeah. Older. You're older. Both ended up being three time state champs in Ohio. Actually, actually, uh, each year we won. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then, had a fun time. Went to the University of Wisconsin. Both both went there. And how did Ohio State let you guys go? Well, actually, back when you know, I'm so old. Back when uh, back when I graduated from high school, Ohio State wasn't that good. Even though we had, uh, even though Ohio High School was some of the best high school wrestling, um, Ohio State college program just wasn't wasn't very good. And if you wanted to do well, you went somewhere else in the Big Ten. And Wisconsin was one of those programs that had had a, produced a number of national champions in the late 70s. Um, and I was, uh, I felt fortunate that the, the, the best wrestler in the country in the 70s was a guy named Lee Kemp yep. who wrestled in Ohio, but went to the University of Wisconsin. And he came down and recruited me. And, you know, you're a young 18 year old and you're sort of like, wow, here's the, here's the guy who's the top guy and he's coming to our house and wants us to come wrestle for Wisconsin. We went up there on a visit and we loved it and, uh, went there. My wife, who's from our same hometown, she went to Wisconsin too. We got married while we were in school and, so I uh, had a wonderful experience there. And then, of course, our two boys went there and wrestled. So love the Badgers. And uh, and Isaac's still wrestling now. Yep. And, and actually, that brings up an interesting point that I noticed. Isaac was in the NCAA finals this year. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, there were a couple other guys on the mat, one being um, John Smith, mm-hmm. who you defeated in 85 uh, for your NCAA, your first NCAA title. Yeah, way back when. On the on in Isaac's corner was a guy named Barry Davis who 
won in 85 right before you stepped on the mat, yeah. if you remember that. And yeah. It kind of struck me that wrestling is a real family affair. I mean, oh, very much so. 31 years later, um, you have three three guys that, you know, had... Uh, yeah, sort of linked and tied there together. Uh, no, it is. I mean, I always say with, with wrestling, um, what makes it so special, you know, the people you meet, the lessons you learn, and... If it's done right, what it does for families. Um, sometimes sports can be harmful to families. You get, you get a dad who's maybe too into it and, and, and puts a little too much pressure on their kid or something or parents who, who might do that. But when it's done right, wrestling brings families together. The, the, the intensity of the sport, the fact that you walk out there and you put it all on the line in front of, you know, your friends and your family and the good Lord. And if you win, you win. If you lose, it's no one to blame but yourself. And, no um, equipment. It's just mono and yeah, mono. Yeah. And it just, it's the sort of the basic physical nature of it is, uh, I think good for young men, teaches valuable lessons. And, and like I say, it can be good for a family when, cause you help that individual try to accomplish their goal. And then you, you meet all kinds of neat people. And, and of course you learn those important lessons that we talk about and that we want student athletes to learn discipline and hard work and, 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 uh, focus and intensity and pressure dealing with pressure so um yeah it's a good thing i, I always tell the it's kind of a funny story when i wrestled john smith in the finals 1985 he's from oklahoma state the finals are in oklahoma city and i was literally scared to death before the match uh, and i remember thinking uh and this is not the way you want to be thinking before you compete obviously but i remember thinking like you know, sort of standing there, and, and Barry Davis is wrestling right before us yeah. uh, in the 126-pound class. I was in the third weight class, 134, and you're so nervous. And I was, like, sort of praying, and I said, uh, I said, well, you know, Lord, this is uh, uh, this is Oklahoma, and sometimes they have, like, tornadoes and, and, you know, cyclones and big storms. I said, you know, if you wanted to send one now and postpone the finals, I'd be just fine with that. And, uh, again, not how you want your mind to be uh, – Operating before you're getting ready to compete in what for, for me then was the biggest match I've, I'd ever had. And by the time I'm thinking that, it's near the end of the match and Barry Davis is wrestling Joe McFarlane. Um, and Barry's winning by a point, but they're on their feet and, and Barry takes him down with a, you'll know this because of wrestling. Barry's a lefty, hits a single leg and then clears it out and steps across and takes just a beautiful takedown. And so I went from being scared to death, hoping that a you know, storm was going to come and postpone the finals. I wouldn't have to walk out there. I went from thinking like that to simply watching wrestling. And it was like, wow, that was some good wrestling right there. And, of course, Barry takes him down, and, he, and he, there's only a few seconds left. And Barry, if you remember how he wrestled, he was all real excited and high energy and everything. And, and, uh, and it sort of snapped me back into like, okay, well, time to go wrestle. Let's see what happens. And went out there and actually wrestled, wrestled a, a good match and wound up winning. So. You hit a, uh, two or three single legs. Yeah, run. not quite as smooth as the way Barry finished his match off. Mine was a little different, but uh, a couple nice leg attacks, and I rode him hard, rode him for over two minutes. And so... Uh, but uh, I, I should be fair and say that uh, Smith beat the tar out of me a number of times in freestyle, and I never could beat him in freestyle. And that's why, you know, he's the Olympic champ, and I'm the guy who's talking about uh, tornadoes and, and cyclones. I, I think you both ended up uh, well. doing all right for yourselves. Now, you know, it's really easy to talk about the lessons that we learned from wrestling, but I, I think you also have seen that it impacts other sports too. Um, and, and even speaking of the family aspect, you, you have a daughter that's a Division One athlete. Also. Yeah, she played some golf. She she did. I'll be honest. She didn't play. She didn't play real well in college. Um, 
she was a good junior golfer. Uh, had some set some good tournaments and and shot some good rounds. But um, I think sports are just good. I mean, they're they're again. I think the 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 lessons and the values and the principles. That's why we have them in an academic setting because we think they're valuable for students. Um, and I I could not agree more with that. Um, you know, you just. You, I always tell the story at our high school um, about our our coach who I tell people he was the toughest teacher in the school. He taught chemistry and physics, um, and I think he was the toughest wrestling coach in the whole darn state. And this is not an exaggeration. His name was Ron McCunn. Coach McCunn passed away a few years ago from, from cancer, but super guy and had a big impact on a number of his students and, and athletes. And he talked about discipline every day, um, every single day. And that's not an exaggeration in class. He'd say, look, Jordan, you want to do well in my class? Uh, this is not any class. This is chemistry. And more importantly, it's my chemistry class. And it's going to take discipline to do well in this class. Self-discipline about reading the material, participating in class, doing the experiments. It's going to take discipline to do well in my class. And then in the wrestling room. He, this guy drove you nuts. It's like self-discipline is the most important character quality necessary to accomplish anything of meaning, anything of significance. You could have self-discipline, self-discipline. Well, that guy shut up. He sounds like my dad, right? I get enough of it at home. Now I got to listen to him. But he had a great definition. It hangs in our wrestling room. And our wrestling room is the Ron McCunn wrestling room. Our high school has won the state championship the last 16 years in a row. My guess is they're going to win it again next year. Um, and in the Ron McCunn wrestling room is this sign that says discipline. Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. And in simple terms, that mean that meant doing it coach's way when you'd rather do it your way. And it means doing things the right way when you'd rather do them the convenient way. And I argue one of the biggest problems in the world and, and frankly in Congress is we way too often do it the convenient way. Spend money now, pay for it later. Borrow more now, pay for it later. Instead of doing it the right way, and it's and it's and it's an it's an important lesson. And I think Coach was right. Discipline is the most important character quality necessary to accomplish things that have real real value. How do we marry up the U.S. government and and U.S. sports policy? How should sports? How should the government get involved in sports? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a kind of a free market, free enterprise kind of guy. So I try to. I typically want government to be less government means more freedom, and more freedom means more opportunity, and that's, that's good, and that's been a hallmark of our of our country, and just just fundamental principle. Um, but we do have. We do have sports as part of our academic setting at the, at the, you know, primary levels to some degree, certainly secondary level, and then, of course, at our colleges and universities. Um, the one thing that concerns me is right now what you're seeing happen with the lawsuit issue, the union issue, there's a lawsuit issue, a likeness image, and, and you know, compensating athletes for when we're yeah. talking NCAA, right? NCAA. Yeah. Um, and then you had what, what the, the, the football team at the, at Northwestern, Northwestern. University, um, their, their action they pushed forward on basically a unionization issue. Um, the thing that concerns me is if, if it continues to move in this direction where it's, it's not just scholarships for student athletes, but also this cost of attendance where they're now paying kids, let's say you get a full grant and aid, full scholarship, 
where you're getting paid room, board, books, tuition, and then you're also getting additional money for food, additional money for you, not to mention all the academic help you get. If it continues to go that direction, there's there's just going to be limited resources, and I would argue maybe not enough resources to have the Olympic sports as part of the college student-athlete experience. And you'll basically be left with football, basketball, and then uh, enough women's sports to satisfy the Title IX, which which I'm all in favor of. Like I said, we have a daughter who participated in in college athletics. But I think it hurts swimming and diving and soccer and wrestling and gymnastics and so many of those sports that have historically, traditionally always been a part of the Olympic Games. And I think that's something that Americans care about. So, um, yeah, I guess I have a loaded question because yeah. I, I think I've seen you answer this already in the press. But why are the Olympics important? Why should the U.S. care about them? Well, I think just you know, one, uh, and this is this is just fundamental. Um, I remember our youngest boy Isaac's telling me this one time. He's a kid, and we're watching. And he's, you know, like you know, like a lot of I guess dads and sons, and sometimes you're sitting around on. Saturday or Sunday afternoon, you're just flipping through ESPN and other sports channels watching sports. I remember he looking at me one time, and he was young. He just looked over at me and he goes, you know, you just got to love to compete. And it's like, that's true. That's just ingrained in Americans. We like competition. We like to see who's the best. It's like it's from the time you first walk on a playground in, in, in first grade. So I think part of it is just Americans love this, this idea of competitions. Uh, Americans like winners. That's always been... That's just what America is, is, you know, just kind of what America is about in many ways. So I think that's one of the just fundamental reasons. We like to compete. We like to, we like sports. We like to see who's the best. And frankly, Americans like to win. The, the word that uh, I've I heard a lot of people use, or, and I frankly like to use, is aspirational. You know, it gives a, a, a young Isaac Jordan a chance to look and say, I, I want to be that. And, and then you, as his dad, to say, oh, well, if you want to get to the top of the mountain, this is what you need well to do. Well said. Well said. No, every kid from the time they're little. I remember in 1972, I'm eight years old, <clears throat> watching the Olympic Games. I just got interested in wrestling and watching Dan Gable, Wayne Wells, Ben Peterson, John Peterson, Rick Sanders, all those guys, Chris Taylor, all those guys who, uh, and back then it was USA, USSR, and it was really intense. Like, who's going to win? The freedom-loving people or the communist <laughs> folks? And it was just this Sunday afternoon's track meet. You watch the USA, USSR track meet. And so, yeah, it's just, and you, eight years old, you're thinking someday I'd like to have, you know, I'd like to try to accomplish that same thing. So, What did we learn from Cleveland State threatening to drop the wrestling program and, and you know, beginning to take the steps to do no, it? Good question. Yeah, we learned that uh, if you have a network of, of alumni and, more importantly, successful business folks in, a, in an area, you can, you can turn a decision around uh, like that in, in no time. And that's exactly what they did. The Wrestlers and Business Network uh, in Cleveland, uh, within a matter of days, uh, got the athletic director to, uh, you know, change his mind. And they had a little uh, little meeting where, where uh, they, they, they told him, you know, we're going to help you, but you can't do this. And particularly Northeast Ohio, which is one of the right. the greatest high school wrestling area, maybe the best high school wrestling area in the entire country. Walsh, St. Ed's, yeah. right. Yeah, it just – and, you know, you look at this year, uh, one of the things you always look at at the NCAA tournament is the number of – there's 10 weight classes, eight, yep. as you know, eight, eight guys play. And so 80 All-Americans – in collegiate wrestling and uh, which states have 
the most All-Americans, where, where, where those individuals wrestle in high school. And it's always Pennsylvania and Ohio who are, who are near the top. I think uh, this year it was Pennsylvania first, Ohio second, um, which is typically how it goes. So, and, and a number of those people are in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. And St. Ed's has had an All-American every year for something like 35, 40 yeah. years. Yeah. And they yeah. had two this year. Yeah, we got, it's going to take a while for for Graham to catch him, but we're, we're, we're going to try. Um, yeah. Well, are there any more Jordans in the pipeline? Or? Oh yeah, we got uh, our uh, Mick was Mick was so close. My my brother's other boy. Uh, I mean, he was five seconds away from being in the semifinals and got taken down to his back or uh, was cradled, I guess. And and maybe he didn't get taken down, but he got he got put to his back right there at the end. And uh, so loses in the quarters in the last few seconds and then has a tough match and loses in the round of 12 to be an All-American. So mixed, just, just a freshman. And then they got, uh, Jeff's got another boy, Rocky, who is a sophomore in high school. So he's got a few years. And then we have two other Stickley boys who are, no, three others coming. One, okay. One's a freshman at Wisconsin. One's going to go to Iowa this year. He's, he's a, he was a senior in high school. Oh man, he, off the we, reservation. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. We'll try. To, we'll try to forgive him. And, Get Tom Ryan on the phone. Yeah, not to, not gang up and work him over at the next holiday. Uh, but uh, and then and then we got two more coming. One's in junior high, and others uh, will be a junior. Stickly boys. I, I honestly have no idea how you're going to answer this next question. Okay. But, um, it's. Uh, other countries have a ministry of sports or, or a cabinet level position that, that responds to the executive on, on sports. Usually they oversee the Olympic committee, maybe the, the different professional sports leagues and stuff like yeah. that. I can't imagine a scenario that Congressman Jim Jordan would ever endorse creating another. Yeah, union. not, not for that. I mean, we have the, the, each, each respective sport has a governing body sure. and we have the USOC and, and, uh, um, I guess I'm most familiar with USA wrestling just because that's, that uh, although when our when Jesse was a junior player, you know the USGA and golf was was I thought, I thought they ran a great organization and, and our involvement as just a dad who's got to, got a chance to caddy every once in a while for his daughter in, in, in certain tournaments. Um, I, I tend to think that's that's the right way to go. Uh, America has this long tradition of of not having government always have to organize things. You know, its communities have. The Rotary and the volunteer group and, and this and that just, that's sort of the way America's done it. And I, I tend to think that's, that's probably a better approach. President Obama loves sports. He, he's probably the most sports-friendly president that, we, that we've had. Um, Secretary Clinton was a big proponent when she was at, at the State Department for sports diplomacy. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is a huge golfer. He loves, he goes to Knicks games, Yankee games all the time. Would there be value in having something like a sports czar, you know, a, a point person at that the president could call and say, hey, baseball looks like they're going to go on strike. FIFA is corrupt. Um, the- um, you know, I haven't thought of it that much. I guess I, I, you're always sort of biased by your your background and your experience and your concerns about this, you know, this, the sport that, that you're closest to. So I, I'm I'm most concerned about. Uh, this idea that um, too many schools are going to drop the Olympic sports and 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 focus on a, a couple of sports, um, you know, and I, and I use the example. I, I think I, f- I forget what the number is, but I think to be Division One, you need to have fourteen or sixteen sports. Sure, and and obviously. Um, 
you know, I think Ohio State has like 31 sports. Stanford has like 34. University of Wisconsin, I believe, has 24. But then you have some schools like Alabama that's right at the minimum. So if they're, if you got a, a, a school like Alabama with 14 or 16, or they're at the, sort of at the, the, the lower, the, the, the minimum you need just to be Division One, then, then they can devote more resources to, to those handful of sports. And, um, and yet Wisconsin football and Ohio State football has to compete against Alabama football where maybe they have just more resources there. I would, I would like to see more sports because I think if we, if we believe athletics is, is part of the academic setting and good for student athletes, then let's provide more opportunity for, for as many student athletes as we can. And so I like, I like the way Stanford does it. 34 sports, but you got to remember all those things cost money. Sure. And um, then there's scholarships and things you're offering. So um, I just think it's important to start to have that discussion so that we don't see, for example, I believe men's gymnastics now, there are only like 18, 19 Division One programs. And yet I think Americans still every four years, and this summer will be one where they're going to like to see, can the U.S. have gold medals in men's gymnastics? And we remember a few years ago, I think the Ham Brothers or whatever, yep. whatever Olympics that was. And, you know, so... They're Wisconsin boys, right? Yeah, right. I think uh, I think they are, but I think they trained at Ohio State. Oh, went, uh, you know, it's it's it, um, so anyway. I think those are important questions to ask and figure out. Is is there is there a way we can start to think about what may be coming and begin to address those things? It's interesting you bring up Alabama. Your senior year at it's so the '86 NCAA's, mm-hmm. you wrestled a guy from South Carolina. Um, a guy from Tennessee, uh, which are two SEC schools, yeah. neither of which has a uh, program. A program yeah. Actually, not South Carolina, Tennessee, though. <laughs> yeah, we had a guy from Tennessee. Oh. He's a northern boy who wrestled for Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pennsylvania boy. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just the, the market is, is really trying. I forget when you were in college, what, there were 170 yeah. programs. Yeah, there's, I think about 120, 130, something. Now they're 80. Yeah. Now, the good news is for wrestling in particular, it's, it's stabilized and it's starting to come back up. Mm-hmm. Fresno State's adding wrestling. and, and Great. Right? And, and so I think wrestling is, is fine. Some sports aren't. Like men's gymnastics is in, in trouble when you're that, that low. You're, you're going to just go to a club program. And then, like I said, does, does that hurt? Uh, the ability for people to get the kind of training they need to actually compete at, at a high level in the Olympic Games. Um, so yeah, uh, it's un- it's unfortunate to see, but this is where we, the, I think we started this discussion. With, this part of the discussion with you know Cleveland State, and and this is where you need alumni and successful business guys who understand what wrestling taught them, or what gymnastics, or what soccer, or what. Golf, you know, whatever sport taught them and helped them get to the position they are in life, and then who are willing to go back and help make sure that their their you know where their uh, that their school or in their community that they're going to make sure that program stays around. Yeah, I have. A, I know we're running short on time, so I got two quick questions mm-hmm. to wrap things up. the uh, The Olympics were uh, were in jeopardy for wrestling was in jeopardy of, of being kicked out of the Olympics and took a, a gigantic <laughs> gigantic effort. Yeah. Probably the one thing that could get the U.S., Iran, uh, Cuba, and Russia on the same side of the maybe team. the only thing. Right? <laughs> what, yeah. yeah. What What are some? If I didn't steal the the punchline there, what are some of the things that we learned from the effort that ultimately got the game, the wrestling reinstated? Well, first, first thing is that they they they, they didn't realize it, that the, uh, the 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 hornet's nest they kicked and and, and sort of the to, to mix metaphors that the sleeping giant of, of wrestling fans. One thing about wrestling fans is. 
you know, this year the, the, the NCAA tournament was in Madison Square Garden and what, what whatever it holds 20,000 people. It was just sold out every session. Every, even Saturday morning. Yeah. Every session sold out, big crowds because wrestling people, um, they care passionately about the sport. Like a lot of, a lot, a lot of fans do for their, their respective sport. And, um, yeah, they, they found out, they found out in a big way that, whoa, 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 we shouldn't have done this. And it was, it was just a very short time later. They said, well, well, whoops, uh, just kidding. We're going to make sure it stay, stays in the Olympics. After all, it was one of the original sports. The first Olympic games, you, you, had, you, you, you had a few contests. Who could run the fastest? Who could throw something the farthest? And who could, who could throw the other guy down in a wrestling match? And it's sort of, sort of what the first Olympics were all about. So, um, yeah, they found out, I think, in a, in very quickly that there are lots of wrestling fans who passionately care about the sport. And it was turned around pretty quickly. And, and the other good thing that happened was they changed some of the rules sure. and made it a, made it a sport that's much closer to our collegiate, the, the American folk style, um, which I think was very positive as well. Did, did you watch the Olympic trial? The Olympic trials were fantastic this yeah, year. I just only seen parts of it. Um, we, we, uh, but heard about some of it and uh, talked to some folks who were out there uh, in Iowa City. And they had big crowds for the, you know, when, of course, whenever you wrestle in Iowa City at Carver, it, uh, you, get, you get big crowds. Big Ten was there this year and they had sold out finals for the Big Ten as well. So it was good. And did you enjoy Madison Square Garden? What I did. a great venue. Yeah, I did. It was it was a nice uh, historic venue and, and big crowds and a good tournament, uh, except for the 165-pound final. It had been a great tournament, but... Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had a good time. Did you give Isaac any advice before? No, I just I don't. I mean, yeah. I try to I try to just stay back out of the background and just act like a nervous dad because I am a nervous dad. <laughs> and uh, he wrestled good. He had a really good year, and he wrestled. Uh, he could have wrestled. He just didn't quite wrestle at his best. Uh, it'd been nice if he if he could have wrestled that kid once, once during the season, and just uh, Isaac's really. I think. He, more, much more than I was. It's sort of a tactical and strategic and analytical about his opponents and competition, what he thinks he needs to do, and much better than I was at that, for sure. Um, and it'd been nice if we could arrest him. But Alex Deringer is going to go. No, down he's in good. The annals, uh, yeah, yeah he's good. Yeah, he's one of the best ever. And, you know, three-time champ. So. Yeah. Um, and uh, how how did you end up sitting here on Capitol Hill in Congress? It, and and how, what role did wrestling play in, in getting you? To this you know, point? I was I always tell this. I was at, at a, you're at a point in life where it's time to try to be a head coach in the Big Ten or do something else. And so you were at Ohio State with yeah, Russ Ellison. Yeah, been assistant for eight years and. Um, Still found time to get a law degree. Well, and, yeah, yeah, we were. Uh, so anyway, I, I I I got interested in politics, and I always say you get married, you have kids, you start looking at the world different. And I come from a very conservative perspective on kind of outlook on things, and so I was tired of government taking our money and telling us what to do, and looking for actually a, a something to compete at. Frankly, um. So the state rep position comes open. I said, you know what? I think I'm going to run for state representative and never held office, never really ran for anything. Um, no one gave us a chance. I, I tell her when I was Joe Bag of Donuts wrestling coach, you know, what, what do I know about winning a, winning a political, winning a campaign and winning, winning an office? Uh, so we just had a lot of people help us out. And I looked at it just like a wrestling season. 
Uh, hard work doesn't guarantee success, but it sure improves your chances. So we're going to work hard. And we knocked on more doors and had more people help us, and we ran circles around this guy and just beat the socks off of him, beating almost 70 to 30, which is like a tech fall in wrestling, man. <laughs> and so um, – been at it now ever since. That was 20, 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago, 1994. Get out. Yeah. Wow. So, and how long have you been a congressman? This is our fifth term. Fifth term. So, wow. yeah, nine years, a little over nine years now. So, you must have just got to, I was in Dayton right yeah. around the time. By the time you were in Dayton, coaching is, okay. is uh, I would have been in the state senate then and then ran for congress in 06. Was, yeah. yeah. It was scary standing on the other side of the mat from those grand boys. Yeah, there. well, they have a nice, nice, uh, Jeff does a nice job with them, and they got a nice tradition there. A bunch of redneck country boys <laughs> out in the cornfields who learn how to wrestle. So all gentlemen, though, they yeah, carry themselves well, very well. Hopefully, yeah. that's the, that's another important thing about sports is those 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 character qualities too. Learning to behave properly when you win, and more importantly, when you lose. And uh, anything ahead for you in, in the near future? Any anything sports related coming down the pipeline? Uh, we're just getting just. We're going to enjoy as best we can Isaac's senior year because then it's like, ah, I've been doing this for years. Who am I going to go watch? And our grand, our oldest granddaughter is only three and a half, so probably a few, few years before we can go watch her compete at something. So that's going to be a bummer. But i got a number of nephews I'll watch in, in, uh, in the wrestling world too after, after Isaac. So. Hey, thank you very much for your time. Thank sir. you, Morgan.